So last Sunday, we celebrated the feast of the baptism of the Lord. So this means that Christmas season is over. No more Christmas trees, no more twinkling lights, no more decorations, and thankfully, no more trays of cookies. This week, we enter the ordinary time of the liturgical year, and today is the second Sunday. So for many Sundays in cycle C, our readings will be taken from the Gospel of St. Luke, but occasionally we'll read from St. John's Gospel. Today's reading comes from his Gospel, which describes the beginning of Jesus' public ministry and his first miracle. We'll come back to that shortly. Today's first reading is from Isaiah. Through the prophet Isaiah, God assures us of his great desire to continue to protect and save us, his people, giving us a message of hope and restoration. God reminds us today that he has not abandoned us. He is simply reminding us just how much he loves us. Just like a man who has vowed to protect his wife, God vowed to protect and save us. And we read, For Zion's sake, I will not be silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet until her vindication shines forth like the dawn and her victory like a burning torch. That's strong language that Isaiah is using. So why? Isaiah is telling us that God is ready to sacrifice anything for our sake and for our salvation. This is exactly what he has done by sending us his only son, Jesus Christ, to accomplish this mission. So looking at the second reading today, we're being reminded by St. Paul that out of, out of the love that God has shown us and for his church, he not only sent his son, he also has generously given us, each and every one of us, uh, the gift from the Holy Spirit. We are given these gifts for a purpose. We are to use these gifts to participate in Christ's mission. We are to use them to draw people to Christ and into his church. They are not our personal property to be used for our own selfish reasons. They are given to us generously from God so that we may go out and share in his good news to a sometimes dark and dreary world. We are called to serve others, whether they are homeless, hungry, thirsty, or just need a shoulder to cry on. We are called to be there with them in whatever way that we can. Bottom line, we are to be the hands and feet of Christ to our brothers and sisters, no matter if they're in need or if they're not. Our gifts all come from the same spirit and are designed to help build up the faith community. We should never, therefore, be jealous of someone else's gift or compete with those gifts because all the gifts truly belong to all of us as the body of Christ. They are, rather, to be shared in the community. We want to be changed into one, to be made into something new and beautiful, and we need the power and love of God manifested through the gifts of all to help achieve this. So in the Gospel reading today, we're visiting the wedding feast at Cana. 
This event happens after Jesus calls his first disciples to follow him. St. John tells us that Jesus and his disciples were invited to this wedding at Cana as well as his own mother. Now the story of the marriage feast at Cana is the story of a wedding feast threatening to end in a humiliating lack of wine. So remember, weddings at that time lasted for several days and wine was the staple drink, just as significant as water to us today. So the story tells of Jesus' miraculous intervention by turning water meant for washing into wine. Tradition holds that this event is the first public miracle that Jesus performs. In the gospel, John gives it considerable symbolic importance. It is the first of the seven signs in which the divine status of Jesus is attested. St. John uses the word signs versus miracles to differentiate between the deed of performing a miracle versus what these deeds indicate about the identity of Jesus. So on the surface, this event may seem simple and insignificant. But Jesus was not doing a party trick, nor was he just being kind. As St. John tells us, he revealed his glory. Jesus uses this human event to point to something much greater. Everyone is having a great time until the wine runs out, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, had taken notice. She discreetly presented the dire situation to Jesus. When his mother tells him they have no wine, she is not asking of him just a simple miracle on behalf of the newlywed young couple. But she is asking Jesus to come into the limelight under the eyes of the public scrutiny and is setting the whole course of events in action, which will come in his suffering and death on the cross. Then Jesus, in what is described as the first of his signs, turns six large jars of water into fine wine. So in this story, the six large jars full of water represent the laws and religious customs of the Hebrew dispensation. In turning the water used for Jewish rituals into wine, Jesus gives God's people a sign that the Messiah has come. This wine represents the new covenant which Jesus brings. It takes the place of the ritual water of the old covenant. And of course, later, the wine will become his blood. Therefore, this event has a profound Paschal and Eucharistic significance. The changing of water to wine at Cana foretells the way in which Jesus will fulfill his mission by shedding his blood on the cross and the glory that it will bring. Let's continue on with the gospel. We hear the head waiter call the bridegroom over, and he compliments him on save, saving the best wine until last. The head waiter did not know what had just transpired. He only knows that the good wine was kept until last. He did not know that Jesus was the provider of that wine either. Jesus is a guest at the wedding, but St. John is going a little bit deeper. He is giving us a hint of Jesus' deeper role as another kind of bridegroom, the promised one who will wed God's people, who will invite them to the marriage feast in heaven and give his guests 
the finest of wine. At Cana, we see, see symbol, meat, and reality meet. Jesus being present is not only a blessing for marriage, but he adds to the festivities with his miracle. The marriage of two young people is the occasion to speak to us of another marriage. The marriage between Christ and his church, which occurs in his hour on the, Christ, on the cross. Therefore, Jesus' first miracle is a celebration of the marriage of God and mankind, the marriage of heaven and earth, and the marriage of divinity with humanity. So also in the gospel, we hear about one of only two Marian episodes included by St. John. The first is the wedding of Cana, which is at the beginning of the public ministry for Jesus, and at Calvary, at the foot of the cross, which is at the end of the gospel. We know Mary did not play a passive role as the mother of Jesus. She is actively involved with Jesus for our redemption. Her presence at the beginning and the end of these events has great symbolic meaning. Throughout these events, she is not mentioned by name, but is referred to instead as the mother of Jesus. Also, Jesus addresses his mother, woman. So why? St. John is drawing a parallelism between the woman in the book of Genesis, Eve, who is the mother of the old creation in its incompleteness and imperfection. And Mary is the new Eve, the mother of the new creation in its completeness and its perfection, which Jesus brings through his crucifixion and rising on the third day. Mary's participation at Cana expresses the urgency of the people who are impatient to see God's glory. Standing at the foot of the cross, she is the symbol of the church which recognizes in the crucified Christ the Son glorified by the Father and adores him in silence. This woman, Mary, appears as the perfect model of the believer. So what do we have to do then? The answer lies with the mother of Jesus and our mother also. Do whatever he tells you. The miracle at Cana was almost unknown since the only people who knew it to be a miracle were their servants who drew the water. At this wedding celebration, Jesus gave the wedding couple and guests the gift of choice wine. And also, remember the disciples were present at the wedding and seeing what Jesus did gave them a deeper and fuller knowledge of who Jesus really was. Their eyes were open to the abundance of life in Christ. And as the gospel says, Jesus did this as the beginning of his signs at Cana in Galilee, and so revealed his glory, and his disciples began to believe in him. As I was doing research for the homily, I came across a story, and I'd like to share it with you. A young couple were getting married in a small village. The family of the bridegroom was very poor. So to show their love and support to the couple, all the villagers decided that each one of them would contribute a bottle of wine for the wedding. A large jar was placed for this purpose. Then each contributor was to pour it into it his bottle of wine. Now the first man said to himself, everyone will be pouring in pure wine. 
What if I poured just a bottle of water in the jar instead? It won't make much of a difference. So he poured in a bottle of water in the jar and went back home. And then so happened that everyone in the village thought the same and did the same. Each poured a bottle of water instead of pouring a bottle of wine. Finally, the day of the wedding arrived and the whole village gathered in the bridegroom's house for rejoicing and celebration. The wine was to be served. So the man in charge went and took out a glass of wine from the jar and tasted it. And it tasted just like water. To his astonishment, he said, At the wedding feast at Cana of Galilee, Jesus performed a miracle. He turned water into wine. But here in our Cana, another miracle has taken place. The wine has turned into water. <laughs> our Lord wants to come to us today and change our water into wine in our life and to transform us into a new and better person. Are we the one who would prefer to change wine into water in our life and enjoy being the old self? Or should we listen to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and our mother who exclaims, do whatever he tells you, and allow Jesus to change water into wine in our life? A Cana-like experience can happen at any time for any of us. If we give Jesus space in our lives, we too can discover that when the wine runs out for us, when life does not quite turn out as we had hoped, the Lord is at work in ways that will surprise us.